Hello everybody and welcome back to the Chippewa Hockey Download. This week we've got another special guest with us for episode 7. She is the captain of the CMU women's team for her third season. Was named CCWHA all season first team in 2021-22. She was second all time in games played, soon to be first this upcoming year. And she led her team to their most wins in the club history and a first ever appearance at the national tournament. Please welcome our next guest macy barnett what's up guys how are you great thanks for coming on the show macy we're happy to have you on here we'll call you mac from now on i know i wanted to give you i was like who is that (laughs) who is that person yeah everyone knows you as mac also known as the leader the goat the captain etc etc so we'll go around the table start with joe how's your week been joe it's been good actually i just got back from port huron was out in the countryside for family reunion on my mom's side basically out the grid no Wi-Fi, no data whatsoever, so couldn't see any social media. It was nice for a couple of days, and then everyone was like, all right, can someone share the Wi-Fi, whatever, couldn't. But no, we had fun, good food. Uh, I got to see some cousins I haven't seen in a long time and um, had fun, played some games. Cool. I feel like that's like your entire MO is social media, like always getting the tweets out. You've got your media pages, making the graphic. You posted one Instagram story, and it was like this white barn with like a giant hay bale. That's how I knew you were like middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that took like three hours to just upload. I had to go back and then I'm like, oh, someone liked my story. I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was, he was even uploaded. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's a good memory. Parker, how you doing? Not too bad, man. Just back to the work grind, you know, getting back at the Buffalo Wild Wings, serving the usual, back in the gym. Nothing out of the usual. I mean, you're probably going to hear the same thing from me every single podcast up until school starts. It's just gym, work. That's about it. Parker, I think this podcast is less about the hockey and our interview, more about keeping you on a consistent regimen so you can say you've been to the gym. Is it cutting season, bulking season? What are we doing right now? It's maintaining right now. We we stopped cutting for the, for the summer, and we're getting back closer to the fall now. So, you know, we're just maintaining until winter, and then it's back to bulking. One of these days, we're gonna make or make you do a full body lift on the CHD. Yeah, class. you know, one of that one of these days, I'll just I'll just show up at the gym. I'll have my phone set up at one of the uh, the stations. I'll just be hitting a lift while I'm doing the podcast with you guys. Yes, sir. You don't even listen to like what we have to say. You'll just interlude when you got a question. Otherwise, yeah getting a lift sounds good i'll hit a pr for you guys there you go man it's gonna be an eventful week i haven't really done that much this past week more DoorDash. pretty much what i i said i've done just driving around all the time and i did do a broadcast this week for berlin raceway the short track in near grand rapids where you are joe big weekend wing sprint cars put on a great show another sold out crowd funny line at the end of the broadcast when i was trying to make an analogy for a driver that was holding off the field if you'll call it of other drivers and i tried to make this like wiener dog reference like he was running like a wiener dog race and he was the leading dog but i ended up just making a sausage party reference i said man you were driving like a, a hot dog and a runaway bun and it, it didn't make any sense as many things don't with me and uh yeah i gave myself a, a devon moment on national television so that was fun and uh so here i am now back on the chd to well to embarrass myself once again but mac how are you doing this one's about you doing good doing good i'm working going to the gym same thing summer's pretty busy my family does a ton of stuff over the summer so yeah i'm just working thankfully i didn't work today which is nice but uh, i'm at uh corwell um down in gross point uh so i i like it so far cool down in Gross Point, is that you're from Clinton Township? That kind of near that area? Yeah, it's about a 25 minute drive. 
It's not bad at all. Cool. And we did mention before we went live here that you have probably the best looking backdrop, best clear picture, one of the best audio we've had on here. So we're going to give you some brownie points to start off already. Thank you. And to start off our episode, like we do with every guest, we have them explain their background growing up in hockey and how they got their start. Tell us about your background growing up in Clinton Township. You played for St. Clair Shores in high school. Tell us about your time growing up. Yeah, so uh, I started pretty late when I started playing hockey. I started around 11, but it was always around. My dad plays, still plays, actually. Um, so hockey was always really big in my household. And then my parents were always like, yeah, you should really play. But I never was really interested for some reason until I was like 11. And, and I told dad, hey, I think I might want to play. My dad goes, really? I've been telling you this for like five years now. So we got into it. Um, I started playing with boys my first year because I registered late. And so they were like, this is the only team that you'll be able to play for. And uh, so I actually started at Frasier Hockey Land, whatever they call it now. And so I played with boys my first year. Then I moved to St. Clair Shores, played St. Clair Shores most of my youth travel um and then i played for gross point one year or like a spring season i can't remember if it was a full year or not and then i played for troy my last year my senior year so i actually came technically from troy to to central but st Clair shores was a majority of when i played other than that you know just uh, i won states twice with the boys and then the next year at 12u at st Clair shores i uh changed numbers here and there my dad always was uh the start of why I started playing, but my, my parents are very supportive. They always came to almost every game they could. So yeah, I, I loved it. I, I'm probably not the, the best anymore, but because I started so late, but definitely when I started with boys, it, it definitely, you know, made me the player who I was because uh, they, they were not very nice. <laughs> But, you know, everybody has different grow up opportunities when they played with boys. Either it's like they they do really well, they're really like strong uh, morality and they're like, no, nope, you're not going to mess with her. But it was the complete opposite for me. They were like, I don't want anything to do with you. But we were 11, so it's young kids here and there. So it was good. It's crazy that you mentioned starting late at 11, like in the hockey, in the hockey realm, it's crazy to think that just 11 is like late for some people. But I want to know, how did growing up in that hockey environment, you mentioned your dad played hockey, loved hockey, still does. How did growing up in that hockey environment help you like achieve what you have at a collegiate level today? Definitely my parents, for sure, being as supportive as they are. They constantly were telling me you have to try your best, you have to work hard, you have to go to practice, you have to go to every, every game, you know, and my parents definitely instilled a, a really nice work ethic in me and my sister and so it was pretty nice opportunity that I've had with my parents of being supportive it was also like the teammates that I had it was always you know who's gonna be the best one who's gonna go out first and so it was always the small competitiveness that every team has who who's gonna be first line who's gonna be you know here and there and I actually was a forward for my entire youth travel and I actually came to Central as a forward and I wasn't actually a defenseman until like four years ago and so it was definitely a change but um, I enjoy it for sure yeah that's interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, you also mentioned that you kind of bounced around from team to team uh, before coming to Central. Was there any hard transitions in doing that? And I also looked up that you played when you played with St. Clair Shores. I think you won the championship for that year. What 
type of program was that and how special was that team the the transitions were actually not as hard the transition starting with boys was difficult only because i've never played before and the boys that i was on the team with had several years experience so that part of like starting that transition was hard but moving from that team to sinclair shores girls it wasn't difficult in the sense of like getting to know all the girls having a team chemistry that type of thing i actually enjoyed it a little bit more because we were closer as teammates throughout the years i don't i don't say it was a hard transition it was just kind of getting to know each coach and getting to know each players you know obviously everybody has their favorites and stuff but for that first year i played 12u when we won states same goes as for the boys team that we won states as the the coaches were very difficult they were very hard on us they were very you know rigorous practices you know a little yelling here and there you know stuff like that we kind of we kind of grew as teammates really well and the parents got along really well which is, I think, why we were so successful is everybody got along. My parents still to this day talk to some of those parents. And so I think ultimately it was just the good chemistry that we had together. You talk about growing up in that chemistry in St. Clair Shores. Growing up with boys is difficult, I imagine, coming as a woman's player. I'm sure we'll get to a lot of your leadership style and what you learned from that. How did you find out about CMU? We're going to go back to 2018. You've been here for a little bit now. How did you find out about CMU? How did you get recruited here? Tell us how you started. So I started at Central actually 2017, fall of 2017. I know I'm old. <laughs> I actually, We didn't get recruited back then. There was no recruitment. There was no anything like that. So when I was at Troy... One of my teammates actually was like in the middle of summer after I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Still didn't really know for sure where I was going to go to school. And over the summer, they were like, yeah, we're going to a prospect skate this this weekend for Central. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And she was like, yeah, Central has a club hockey team. And I was like, really? I didn't know that. So I actually went with her and I met Stas met Brittany, everybody, you know, and Daz was a large pivotal factor of my deciding to come here. When we went to that Prospects Gate, it was very welcoming for her, you know, warmth to bring people in. And she's extremely uh, amazing young woman. And she, I mean, she's still my best friend to this day. So she by far was the main reason why I thought that this, this is going to be a good idea. Because Central, I looked at through school but I wasn't 100% set on it yet. I had a lot of pros and cons to it, but then once I found that I could still play hockey, Stas was gonna be there, all the other girls were nice, I could play with my teammate, Rachel Pozo at the time. And so once I found that out, I was like, yep, this is where I'm gonna go. Central's a great place. So you said, or not you said, but I, I looked up, you have your bachelor's in clinical exercise science, correct? Correct. And you're going for your master's in exercise physiology, it is? Correct. Yes. So I asked Bottles last week, but I think it's a pretty interesting question. So the listeners get to know the team a little more. What do you plan to do with those degrees? What's like the end goal for it? So my my bachelor started off. So I am an exercise physiologist is the title. But going through my master's, I mean, my main reason why I wanted to do it was I wasn't ready to go into workforce yet. I wasn't ready to be done with school. I kind of wanted a little bit more of a challenge because my bachelor's programs were, they were hard to the extent of learning the basics, learning the foundation of the, the field, but it wasn't as challenging as I wanted it to be. So I looked into my master's. I loved the faculty. Um, I had the opportunity. I'm a graduate assistant, so I get to teach 
as well as take my own classes. So being an exercise physiologist, but it's clinical in nature. So everybody thinks exercise. Okay. So physical therapy, athletic training, or occupational therapy, that kind of thing, or even like personal trainers. But because I'm clinical in nature, we actually are non-invasive cardiology, preventative cardiology, and have a rehabilitation side of it. So cardiac rehab, stress testing, that kind of thing. So that's what I do at, Bo I keep saying Beaumont, but Corwell, whatever. That's what I do over there in Gross Point right now. I'm in their uh, stress testing department. And so we do stress testings all day long. I enjoy it. Cardiac rehab is nice, but in my internship I did last summer, it's a little slow for me. My personal opinion, I was like, this is not gonna work. I can't do this every day. Stress testing is a little bit higher paced. You see different patients all day long different diseases, different conditions, how to treat it, what they're doing for it. And we're really close-knit with the cardiologists because we have to give them the tests to read and stuff like that. So that's probably where I'll stay for a little bit school-wise. I've thought about going to PA school, but we don't know yet. So at least this is where I'll stay for now. Wow, that is awesome. Something I couldn't do. That's that's courageous. And you've been here a long time. I just kind of going back to what Devin said about being recruited to Central Michigan or just joining the team after the prospects gate. Did you have an eye on any other teams outside of Michigan or within Michigan to play hockey? Or was Central Michigan like kind of always the top three of your list? I did not know that club hockey was a thing. When I was in high school, the ACHA was completely a phantom to me. There was no known of it. There was no knowledge, any anything. And so once I actually started at Central, that's when it actually started becoming a bigger picture. Because now the ACHA has grown in exponentially in the way that now that we actually recruit players from teams and we actually do it similar to an NCAA style where we're actually talking to them all year long. They're coming to prospect camps, prospect skates, that kind of thing. When I was looking for colleges, I was looking for college. I thought I was done because I'm not NCAA material. So I was like, okay, this is it. Um, when I was deciding to go to school, I had my, my picks in hand and I actually almost went to Bowling Green. So I didn't actually think that hockey was a thing until I actually applied, found out through the summer, was like, oh, they have hockey here. To my knowledge, no other team had one. So that's, it just kind of fell into my lap that way. And then if I went to Bowling Green, we would have figured it out eventually because they started their program there. So I think it was just a happenstance. Well, you say happenstance, circumstance, whatever you call it, you became a Chippewa and you've been one for a long time. We're proud to have it. We got to go back to, before we start talking about this season, your early days in the Yacha. It's no secret that this woman's team struggled for a long time and you're on some squads that had less than exceeded expectations. Do you have a welcome to the ACHA moment? We're going to piggyback off our, our friends of the hockey house. What is your welcome to the ACHA moment? Do you have one? Hmm. I think at least for me uh, coming into the ACHA, my first ever game, we played Aquinas, which is D1. So we were playing out of conference. We were playing out of division. We had, what, 16 girls on that team, I think, my freshman year. And uh, we had some good players. We had one in particular who did play NCAA before, but the rest of us were ACHA quality. There was no NCAA there. And so we were like, oh boy, like here it comes. Well, I literally have no idea how this happened. Zero idea. Because I'm not a major goal scorer. I'm not like a really great put up the points type of player, especially when I played forward. I scored a hat trick in the first game and we won. And I was like, how did, what, 
huh? <laughs> I was like, this is bizarre. It was kind of just like that confirmation, like this is where I'm supposed to be. And like, this is what we're going to be doing here. You know, it, it, it was such an, a, a beautiful moment. The whole team, you know, Stas came from having nine players and losing almost every game. And then we come into this season, first game, playing a D1 team and winning. So it was it was absolutely phenomenal. And that one, that game holds a, a great memory. That's awesome. I mean, you were showing captain signs from the very beginning. And speaking of you being captain, you've obviously been captain over the past couple of years. And we even heard from a couple of other of your teammates that like you're being captain has been so crucial to the recent success of your guys' team. So when you're up against a tough opponent, the other girls look to you. That's super awesome. What's like one or two things that, that you can take from your experience of being in that point of leadership, being a captain, that you can take to this big upcoming freshman class? What can you teach them? What can what skills can you can you bring to the table for them? I mean, my journey into leadership here was, I would say, an interesting one. And I don't want to say that it fell into my lap because I know I definitely earned it. But in the sense of there was no one else to step up when I was becoming the president, when I was becoming an assistant captain, captain, you know. And so at that point, I saw it 2019, we didn't play. We didn't have a goalie. And so that was the year that was someone has to step up into this role or we're not going to play and not have a team. And then COVID hit. And I know for a fact that if if I stopped then and I, if I said, nope, I'm done, I'd rather focus on my studies, that kind of thing, it probably would have died. So I, my parents are all the time, they're like, stop being so humble. Like you have two leadership awards, you know, you you deserved it. You, you earned your spot. But I love to talk with these girls and show them that, yes, we're here to play. Yes, we're here to be competitive. Yes, we're here to have fun. But it, it also can be more. Being a part of the e-board the e and being in this leadership position has made me into the person that I am, which will exceed any hockey skill or hockey game that I'll ever have. And so, you know, after college is done, I'll be a beer league washout. So <laughs> there's really no coming back into a player standpoint leadership role. So I tell them to take it in stride Yes, we want to be here. We want to play more than anything. But being able to have these conflicts, resolutions, you know, learning how to, my parents say to me all the time, they're like, in this time of you being here, not only have you gotten your actual degree, but you've gotten a sales, a finance, a marketing, a communication, social media, anything like that degree as well, because of the experience that is amazing to have in as well in our league here. So I think it's mostly just having them try their best, being involved. It, it has the camaraderie that when we actually are successful, that it makes it a little bit sweeter. I think ultimately it's, you know, giving them the the positive background as well as us winning games. Wow, that was amazing. Like talking about being a leader and uh, encouraging the other girls, you know, on the ice and the ones that are coming in. I kind of want to go back to you, you've been playing with CMU before COVID and then during and then after. Can you talk to us a little bit about 2020, everything shutting down? You, you know, the team is kind of up in the air and you can't play. I believe this was kind of the year that you guys kind of transitioned head coaching wise to, I don't know who was before Chris Haney, but I believe Chris Haney came in 2021 season. So could you just talk about wh where the team was at, where you were at and um, just, just where everything was during that time? Yeah. So I think it was the middle of 2019 season, 2019 to 2020 season, where our, our previous head coach had stepped down and gave us notice that she was leaving our team and potentially getting an opportunity 
opportunity to coach a different school. And so it was kind of a race against time to find a new one. And at this point within that season, we had six players because a lot of them graduated. And so we had no opportunity or anything for new girls. We didn't know anything, didn't have a coach. And then COVID hit. And then the school is telling us, well, you can't play because of COVID. And we were like, okay, okay. So it kind of was this scramble to figure out, okay, well, first we need a coach because that's the first thing. And then we need to find players. And so Chris came in April of that year. And when I say that he has done more for this team in the three months that he started with us, I'm not exaggerating. Our head coach is absolutely phenomenal. We could not have hired a better head coach. We had a couple other prospects, but once he kind of knocked on our door and said, hey, like, I'm interested, we were like, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> And so it was it was wonderful that he came from Midland. He's coached girls before. And then just to put the cherry on top, he brought his two assistant coaches with him who are phenomenal as well. Everything got put into place that year once we got our coach coaches. Then we kind of had the issue of players. Well, Chris did his thing and I'm sure Brandon and Colin had something to do with it a little bit, but he recruited to have a full team in seven months. <laughs> so we were like, okay, this is going to go well. But then COVID, they were like, nope, can't play yet. So we practiced, tried to, you know, find out if we were going to play or not. Then the next season came around and we actually had a full team, the good green light from the school, you can play. And the rest is history, you know, just within three years of having our coaching staff and having these girls has been amazing. We're teasing a little bit early here, but Chris Haney is going to be our next guest on the pod. If you're listening to this, Chris, get ready because we're going to have you on in two weeks. <laughs> that was a name drop. Let's go back to this past season, the historic most wins in national appearance season, 13 wins. You girls started 9-1 and one in your first 10 games. Three of those were overtime victories. For what was the hottest start, you already accomplished the most wins in club history. Previously, I think it was about six or seven. Can you tell us about what those first 10 games were like as a group? You talk about so many new players. I think of like Zoe Saudi, Gabrielle Nixon, Kylie Del Rey, who we had on two weeks ago. Tell us what it was like those first 10 games. Uh, it was quite literally electric. It was amazing. There are no words that we had so much fun doing it. And then we kind of, me and Chris looked back after seven wins straight and went, are we actually doing this? Who, like, what team is this? <laughs> Did we trade it in for a new one? And it was absolutely amazing that, that we came out and we actually showed these teams that we play that we're getting there. Watch out. <laughs> it was such a fun time. The girls all came together. You know how it is when we have new players. Nobody knows them quite yet. The chemistry is still getting back into its groove, playing with new girls. This by far was my favorite team to play on. Absolutely. Between the coaches, Stas coming back to help us coach, and winning is always fun. <laughs> and then just, you know, looking back after 10 games and going, we can do this. Like, we, we're in it. And showing these other teams that we actually have something to prove. Because it was always, oh, we're playing Central. We're playing central. And so we, we actually kind of want to get our reputation out of the water of that we're actually here to play and we can be competitive. And so it was absolutely a blast that first 10 games, then coming into second semester, still having a decent role on things and going to nationals was was an experience in itself. Um, we didn't love the, the results from it, but 
that's how it goes with foundation years of growing and, you know, showing everybody that we can do it and showing ourselves that we can do it, coming together as a team, win or lose. So I think we're looking pretty good this year. Yeah. And you mentioned the start. We asked that first. Afterwards, the rest of the season, you mentioned going to nationals. Things kind of went the opposite direction, two and eight to finish the year. You guys struggled in the CCWHA playoffs and in the nationals. Injuries piled up. Some would look at this team and say, well, the wheels fell off, but it wasn't really like that. You had a game against Sioux College, the undefeated national champions this season, and you nearly handed them their first loss on your home ice. Can you tell us about that game in particular and what it was like to play them? And if you'd like, elaborate on the finish to the season. Yeah, Sioux is undeniably an, an amazing team, and they definitely deserved the nationals championship i congratulate them 100 percent. they're a great team to play they are 100 percent the type of teams that are just better <laughs> the games that we played on home ice during the season the regular season they were tough games and they definitely gave us a run for our money but we also gave them a run for theirs and so it kind of just showed like they're not invincible even though this year they kind of were <laughs> Uh, so it definitely lightened up our reality that we can actually beat them because it was always, oh, Sue's the one to beat, Sue's the one to beat. You know, they're undefeated. They're still on their winning streak. So when we came into those games, it was definitely almost like this in the locker room. It was like this eerie, like, okay, this is who we're playing. Like everybody's getting focused. Everybody's one of those games where everybody's silent before we go on the ice. And then, you know, once we get out there, it's like, okay, time to party, time to get going. So it was uh, definitely a fun game to play and they're just an amazing team. So it, it was a, a good time and they, they showed that they deserved that win. For the rest of the season, it was a tough go. The injuries definitely played a part. Um, when we only had 5D to start and then an injury where we had four um, when we're playing teams like sue who have and then michigan state who has quite literally a full roster it did some damage at the end where the four of us were huffing and puffing and having a bit of a struggle a couple more injuries here and there where we're not playing 100 percent. so it, it definitely played a role i think that when we come back this year you know recouped recovered it will uh definitely show i mean we're gonna move more to the lighter side of things now you mentioned a couple questions ago that like those first 10 games were just absolutely electric do you have a, a funny story that you can share with us just throughout either last season your couple years of hockey but i mean we were we were told to ask you this question from miss delray we had to ask it at some point i wonder what she's thinking of there's probably something specific that she's giggling about <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know anything specific that immediately comes to mind, but I mean, almost every day was a funny moment. All of us just got along so well. The bus trips were just so much fun. Everybody got along. Everybody was laughing all the time. You know, there's always inside jokes here and there, but um, I think it, all around, we. I mean, I have not laughed more than with this team than in any team that I've played. And so I think it just goes to show how close we actually got. Yeah, uh, Mac, as you said before, this team this year, like you and Chris Haney talked about going 9-1, and one, like what is this team from the year prior? You guys in the recruitment process these last two years, you've recruited a multitude of different players from all over the map couple from Arizona, Canada, Illinois, a Central Michigan hotspot for recruits, and uh, Florida. Talk to us a little bit about the recruits that are coming in this summer, this upcoming fall, and how they will fit into the lineup and 
are you guys almost a full team where you can like sit some players or run a couple more lines than you have in the past? Yeah, so I'm very excited. These recruits are something else. I'll tell you that. Um, I am not the high man on the totem pole anymore. Um, it just goes to show this last year in practices, we like to do relay races, fastest skater races, just, you know, get some conditioning in without actually thinking you're conditioning. And I got beat, finally. I am not anymore. These young girls coming in are, are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think we recruited seven this, this new year. One more Canadian, a bunch from Illinois again, a couple Michigan. Obviously, Michigan's pretty easy to get through. Our Canadian's coming all the way, same as Declan, all the way from Calgary. So long trip. She was a huge win. She She's fantastic of a player. And then we added herself and one more as a defenseman. So we're actually looking to have 6D now. So it's, it's really great to add the depth that we're going to have with these new girls. Um, I think our total's 22. Um, we added another goalie, so that's three. So given the, the ACHA rules, we're able to dress 19 skaters, two goalies. So I am very excited for it. Um, if we stay at 22, one, one will have to be scratched, but just having that opportunity of thinking, we have to actually scratch someone. Like some, some might think, oh, scary, that's bad. Cause I, it, everyone hates to be the scratch, but just to think, in my position of coming from not having enough players even to play, let alone having a scratch, is just a whirlwind of a perspective. So I am very excited. Hopefully I don't get scratched, but we'll see. If it happens, it happens. Boy, scratching the captain is a little bit of a bold move. <laughs> Maybe if you guys uh, don't play well, it'll send a message at some point. We can laugh now, but <laughs> if that comes to fruition, no, I'm sure it'll be a great time for you all. Transitioning back to you, and we'll talk to Chris about the recruiting stuff in depth more when we have him on the show here pretty soon. You're five games away from passing your friend Anastasia Hartman for all-time games played. You're at 52 right now. She is at 57. Has it dawned on you yet that you could be the all-time leading player for CMU in their history, at least recorded? Now, we know elite prospects where we get our information from isn't always perfectly accurate. Has it dawned on you yet what that would be like to have that honor? Uh, just so you know, elite prospect does not have one of my seasons in there. So I'm actually at 75. Oh, well, breaking news, everybody. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I think, St I think Stas had, yep, I think Stas had 73 because there's a year in elite prospects that they didn't add unsure if it was just glitch or what so my first season was 17 18 so i played 14 then 17 then we had a two-year miss then i had seven or uh, 21 games for the 21 22 season and then last year this past year um we had 17 regular season games and six playoff and that uh, nationals combined so i'm actually at 75 which is unreal absolutely unreal talking to Stas about it she was like did you pass me up? I was like, yeah, sorry, three games ago. <laughs> she she um, couldn't be happier for me, though, which I absolutely appreciate because she definitely has been a pivotal factor in me being here and being able to play in all of those games. Chris and I talk about it, just need to get to 100. <laughs> we'll be good. <laughs> um, I It's just one of those things that, you know, just to be a part of this program for that long. I, I find it an honor to be a part of it, uh, just to be you know able to show that this program can be built into something 
worth fighting for, worth 75 games. So I think it's absolutely an honor to have that many games under my belt and have the girls show that it's possible to be able to play that many games. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's awesome shooting for 100. <laughs> I know you guys have a lot of tough opponents this upcoming season. Is there one that stands out to you as as a game that you're really, really going to have to push for? I mean, Sue coming off a national championship for sure is definitely going to be a big game. I haven't done much research about it, but to my knowledge, I thought that Sue is a two-year university, um, not a four. So that means that they have a pretty high turnover rate. So that, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I've been watching their Instagram. They've been pulling in a lot of great recruits. So it'll be definitely good to see how they come back from a natty championship. We have a couple new uh, teams that we have to play, Ohio State, which... You know us Michiganders, you know, we're excited for that one. But uh, Aurora is a big one as well. They've been recruiting for, I believe, a year. So they've had a long time to set up a really good team. Um, so that one's exciting to be. And then all of our regular season games are still in the works of being planned with our schedule that we just released. So we got one more to figure out the dates, but I'm definitely excited for all of them because everybody has new players coming in. So I'm I'm excited to see. Mac, I think you've been with this team for a long time. I think you've solidified yourself as a Chippewa legend. I believe it's your last year uh, with the team. And uh, so is there, are you like trying to just reminisce it or is it like game time? It's, it's you know, I got to just focus on each game and um, just make it back to nationals, make it to St. Louis. I think it's a little bit of both. Right now, I'm just excited to get back on the ice. So I want it to be game time. But I think once it comes down to it, it'll become a little bit, more aware of that this is it. So definitely don't zoom on my face on my last game. It might be messy, but <laughs> uh, I, I'm just very excited to to go out of this season being as influential as I have been. So I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That those, if we get to go to nationals again, I'm excited for that. Definitely will reminisce at that point, seeing it as a last hurrah. <laughs> Love it. And we're going to cover it the whole way. Don't worry. The graphics are coming. The coverage is coming. You will be in the limelight at some point, but your whole team will be because the expectation has been set by your group, and we would love to see you guys back at Nationals. So I asked you the question about the high of going 9-1 in those first 10 games, the low of the 2-8 and eight to finish and the Nationals. You guys didn't win a game there, so there's still that requirement, right, to fulfill and we say that because, again, you guys have reiterated that that is the expectation for you now. How do you balance the highs and lows of what you learned from last season, knowing that not every weekend is a secured W in some sorts? It seemed like that in the first seven games, eight games, but there is a lot of great competition coming out of the CCWHA now, especially teams like Northern Michigan are getting better, Michigan State. Adrian is returning a lot of young players since they were a younger squad. How do you balance the highs and lows and roll it into a hopeful St. Louis bid? I think between the highs and lows, the highs aren't as worrisome to me because the energy's there. Um, the expectation of that we got to win this game. You know, everybody's excited. Everybody is ready to play. They're about to have fun doing it, which is usually what makes the game go well. The lows are really what 
what kills the vibe. When when we're a little bit too low, trying to to build that positivity back up is a little bit of a struggle, but definitely being able to be that cheerleader for all of my teammates will be a pivotal factor that I that I want to get better at. Because usually when I'm low, I just kind of stop talking. So I got to get better as that on leadership on the ice, you know, just trying to be positive with one another, bring each other up, encourage one another, big uh, factors in, in those lows. And then, you know, having the R3 coaches haven't coached this team before as it is now. So learning together how we balance the highs and lows, you know, this team's never made it to nationals before. So now that we have, we kind of can see where where we need to be in the radar of high or low. Well, you mentioned that you've got to work on some aspects as a leader, but you have done so much for this team that I'm sure they can't thank you enough for. And honestly, we can't thank you enough for as as we do this for you. Was there anybody either growing up or even at Central that kind of did that for you, kind of mentored you into that that leadership position that, that gave you those skills that you you now have? Miss uh, Anastasia Hartman, that's for sure. Uh, she was the president when I came in. She was the captain when I came in. Definitely team-wise, she is where like paved the way for me to be who I am today. Outside of the team itself, probably definitely my parents. I mean, just being as supportive as they are, my dad uh, still playing to this day, car ride home, the dreaded car ride home. Well, why didn't you do that? Well, you need to do that. And then, you know, me taking the administrative role that I had coming home and going, dad, what do I do? And then mom chiming in, well, this is what I would do. Those kinds of you know, advice and support that I had outside as well. But um, definitely Stas being who she was on the team for sure allowed me and showed me to be who I was and who I am as a leader today in this team. Mac, I have a couple of questions that are kind of like easy questions, but number one, is there any significance in the number 12? I mean, it's kind of an iconic number with you now. And two, do you have any like pregame rituals that you have and and or meals that you do before a game? 12 is my dad's favorite number. I kind of bounced around as a during travel. Nine is kind of my number because my birthday is 9999. So it kind of followed me everywhere. So that was my starting number. Went to a team. It was already taken. So I was 13 because it's my mom's favorite number. So I was like, okay, well... I'll pull mom into it a little bit because dad and I always had hockey together. It was always our thing. So I was like, okay, I'll choose 13 for my mom. And then when I got to Central, someone else had 13. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll go with 12. <laughs> so it it definitely, you know, is stuck with me now. I can't change it now. So <laughs> pre-game ritual. I am not the superstitious type. Surprisingly, most hockey players are. I don't eat the same thing. I don't do the same thing. I guess really the same thing I would do would be stretches. When we do game stretches upstairs for home games, we do it as a team first, and then I have my own little thing that I do myself. But other than that, no, not really anything specific. I guess you could say I put my gear on the same way, but I feel like that's every day. Because <laughs> they always make fun of me because I put my skates on before my pants. <laughs> and so they're like, I think you forgot something. I'm like, no, I did that on purpose. <laughs> How cool. And we always had to ask the superstitions. Everybody's got something different. Can't wait for us to have either Bree Shore or Lauren Abraham on here to ask them. I know goalies are a weird bunch. You being a defensive player, but also forward at times, you have your own deal. So it's great to hear. One last thing before we let you go. Enough hockey talk. This is senior year. So 
in a way, or we'll call it fifth or sixth year. What's the what's the, what's the final bucket list thing to do at CMU? Are we jumping in the fountain? Are we going on that last bar crawl now that you're of age? What are we doing? Mm, now that I'm of age, I'm gonna be 24. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have necessarily like a bucket list. I guess really it's just academic-wise, pass all my classes, try and keep my my grades, um, my my teaching, my classes. I have some work to do. I've realized that I can be better in certain certain aspects and you know tone it down in others. I'm very thankful that we get SOS forms as well because we're not technically professors, but we do teach, so we get SOS forms as well. Um, maybe I should give my teammates an SOS form. <laughs> But um, ultimately, I think the goal with my year as a whole, doing well in school, getting the last experience that I have academically wise, um, the, cla the classmates I have, hockey, win some games, probably hope to go back to nationals. That's a good one. I wouldn't say there's anything specific of like a bucket list, but I'd probably think of some, maybe now that you bring it up. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you're going to think of it mid-year. We'll have a bunch of skits with you. We'll have a bunch of content coming. And we're happy that you came on. Thank you for doing this. You're an absolute uh, goat. I like to throw that word around lightly, but you definitely fit the description. The all-time leading games played player. I well, butchered that saying. And CMU women's hockey history. You said it here, folks. I said it wrong in the beginning of the pod, so Matt corrected me. She is the all-time leader now. An absolute legend. We can't wait to see her and the rest of the CMU women's team drop the puck on the 2023-24 season. You can catch them all year this September through February at Martin Ice Arena just down the road from Central Michigan's campus. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Chippewa Hockey Download, Episode 7, a sit-down with Mac Barnett. For Joe Laser, Parker Morrison, my name is Devin Sarah. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you guys next week.